0: Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. What up, everybody? It's your boys. Your boys are back again. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. We had a great week, didn't we, buddy? Um, What did we do this week? Actually, I had a pretty shit week, to be honest. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> oh, it's alright, buddy. Things are alright now. How are you doing? I'm alright. What, what did you get up to, apart from movie watching? Very little. Yeah... A new season of sports ball started? Oh, yeah, I saw the sports ball. I saw that we were uh, doing okay until the second quarter. Honorable loss. Yeah, yeah. Honorable okay. loss. We had some injuries, yeah. you know, Smith and oh. Jones, oh. they hurt their. Uh, don't their get killings. me started on the umpires. Oh, mate, the umps, the bloody umps. Does, uh, does sports ball have umps? This particular sports ball has umpires. Oh, there you go. referees, yes. well, they, Okay, cool. <laughs> I thought you were trying to trick me there. <laughs> To uh, admit that I know nothing about sports, which of course is false. There's no tricking you when it comes to sport. No, no. (laughs) I am a man who knows my sports. Just look at my physique. You're a walking almanac. All right, so what are we we talking about this week? What did we watch? We watched a sequel that... Probably someone wanted. I wasn't one of them. <laughs> Pacific Rim Uprising. Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, so you have seen the first one. Yeah. I might need to lean on you a bit here to ask some questions. First one, of course, is a Guillermo del Toro film. Yeah, although I've, so he didn't write. He just directed it, I found out. Yeah, right. I, d- I didn't know that until and I, think, I was Googling. I think there was a point in time where he was going to do the sequel, but then decided that to do Shape of Water instead. Probably a good idea. Probably for the best. That worked Probably out. The best. He, he did get a producer credit on this one, so he was clearly still in some way involved. Although I noticed, did you sit through the credits for this movie? No. There were about 20 producers. So John Boyega, I knew, I knew, I knew that producer. Boyega was one. Yeah, there were a million producers for this. <laughs> so let's start with your cinema experience, mate. Where did you go? How. So I we we finished work at 5 o'clock on Friday and I jetted straight across the road to the mall yep. to go to a session there. Uh, I had 10 minutes to spare and decided that... And this is not my modus operandi, yep. but I was like, I don't know that I can face this movie sober. So I went and picked up a couple of beers. A couple? A, just two. Just two. Put them in my little satchel bag and snuck them into the cinema like a 17-year-old. <laughs> You know that you can buy them at that cinema now. I did. uh, When I got there, I was like, ah, I could have just done this without. (laughs) I didn't need to go full spy on it. (laughs) But, but it was full spot. You're a rebel. You, you like to be, you be rebellious. People do say that about <laughs> yeah. me. Um did, Was there I'm, even anyone checking tickets at the hallway when you went up? Yeah, there was. Oh okay. Was. Right. So you did have to sneak it in. Yeah. And I was. They weren't. Um. They weren't screw tops. They were. Oh, okay. so I had to use the one on my <laughs> keyring to. Like I waited for a noisy part of, the, of a trailer <laughs> to be like. Psh. So I went to the same cinema, but uh, my session started ten minutes before I finished work. So I, I ran over as quick as I could, and I just made it for the start of the movie. But I didn't get any trailers, which is a bit of a shame, because I don't watch trailers online, so I was hoping to see some some new things, yeah. but didn't get any. So that was... Uh, did you get any popcorn or snacks or anything? Got a choc top. Yeah, you gotta have a choc top. Which, um, boysenberry choc top and beer, I don't <laughs> think that's going to take off <laughs> as, so a it's flavor, as... as a flavour combination. <laughs> so it's not as good as choc top and popcorn, which is what I taught you the other week. It's better than that. (laughs) You dick. (laughs) But popcorn is the healthy snack. We know this. (laughs) We are on health kick. Not a hint of oil (laughs) about it. I'm liking this episode, though. If we could just continue not talking about Pacific Rim Uprising. (laughs) Well, you know what? Let's get into it. Oh, God. (laughs) So, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, directed by Stephen S. DeKnight. And this is his feature film, Debut. Uh, So previously he's worked on Spartacus, Smallville, Buffy and Angel, and I know we're both Buffy and Angel fans, I'm a massive Smallville nut, so... And it was written by him, Emily Carmichael, Kira Snyder, and T.S. Nowlin. So, four writers. Mm. You know it's a great film when it's got four writers on it. It's normally... (laughs) It's normally a definite precursor to quality, isn't it? (laughs) When it's written by committee. That's right, and none of these writers are returning from the previous film. Not Mm. one of them. So the movie takes place ten years after the Battle of the Breach, which I'm guessing is the plot of the first movie? Probably. I've, I kind of did my level best <laughs> to forget the first one. I, like, I was severely disappointed by Pacific Rim. So you actually went into that with expectations? Some, well, only, only because it was a Del Toro film. Yeah, right. I didn't think it actually looked particularly good, even though Idris Elba was in it. <laughs> I was still like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, and then yeah. a mate of mine was like, nah, it's awesome. I was like, oh, all right, I watched it. Then I texted my mate, I was like... I hate you. Yeah, so because as a sequel, this is definitely, like, I felt like there were things I was probably expected to know. So we follow disgraced Jaeger pilot, so Jaegers are the giant robots, uh, Jake Pentecost, son of War Hero. Now, I'm fairly convinced that in Pacific Rim, we don't know that Jake exists. Right, so Idris doesn't have a son? Not Not that I remember. Yeah, okay. Uh, and he's brought back into the Defence Corps to train a new uh, group of pilots, including orphan girl Amara. Uh, and following that, shit goes down with with robots and, and monsters. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. So we've got John Boyega as Jake Pentecost, Scott Eastwood as Nate Lambert, Kaylee Sparney as Amara, Charlie Day as the bad guy. <laughs> I've forgotten his name entirely. On the cast there, Clint Eastwood's son, Scott Eastwood, he looks like he's engineered to be a leading man. <laughs> He, yeah, he does. Like, he's a, he is a beautiful, beautiful like, man. It's like a studio was like, okay, we need someone for these roles we've got coming up. Punch some stuff into a computer, and it's spat out Scott Eastwood. He's And he looks like an amalgamation of like 10 different people. I was sitting there going, I've seen this guy in something. I haven't. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't remember whether his character is in Pacific Rim or not. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't go back and check. Well, I mean, he's pretty... He's this is the thing. He's pretty young. Because Charlie, Charlie Hunnam is was ten years after, in the first one. Ah, oh, right. So I he's not in this one. I can't remember if he survives the film. Because <laughs> I was just like, why are people trying to make Charlie Hunnam a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Straight off, this, this movie started, it really took me off guard. I was shocked. When we have that opening scene with the gunshot patient in the hospital... And the doctors are running around trying to find this surgeon and they go in and they're like, oh, we need you to come and and help this guy. And he pulls his face mask down it's Bruce Willis. I was like, oh shit, the marketing was... (laughs) They started playing the wrong movie. (laughs) So they started playing Death Wish and because I was late, I thought I must have walked into the wrong cinema, which wouldn't be the first time I've done that. (laughs) And it turned out they just started playing the wrong movies then we had to sit and wait for them to get the right one started. But... (laughs) So yeah, that opening scene really took me off guard. That'd be a nice bit of stunt casting. Yeah, I was like, oh man, they really kept this under wraps. This marketing is amazing. So I actually found the, the, the concept kind of cool. You know, like I haven't seen the first one, but I thought, you know, the design of the robots and monsters was cool. I, I didn't take this movie too seriously because I don't think it's trying to take itself too seriously. It's, it's like Transformers, but better than the only Transformers movie I've seen. Yeah, the, like the design and look of the first one is the best thing about the first one. Yeah. It's a cool-looking film, and particularly because there are some really cool sets in the first one. Yeah, yeah. There's just some really cool-looking sequences in the first one. I wasn't interested in what was happening in it, <laughs> but it looked good. Did did you find that, given that this is a different director, were you as impressed by the visuals in this one? Absolutely not. Oh, really? I haven't seen the first one. I thought the visuals were pretty cool. In this one? Yeah. Yeah. What were you watching? <laughs> I was watching Pacific Rim Uprising there's after se- Death Wish. <laughs> you, know, you know when, um, when John is doing his big speech at the end? Yeah. And everyone's standing on, clearly, Chroma Key. Yeah. And there's people running past them that I... Like, they don't only look like they're not in that scene with them. They're not moving in a way... <laughs> Compared to the environment around them, that makes them even look human. This is why I love these conversations. <laughs> like the work, the work on the Jaeger bombs themselves. Yeah, is I'm fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah. And if you're gonna put your money somewhere, it makes sense that that's where Th- that's it went. where the money went. But everything in terms of the environments and stuff, I thought was just shitful. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I just like to get you worked up. (laughs) (laughs) I agree, it looked terrible. (laughs) But yeah, the robots look good. I thought the design of the monsters was good. But yeah, the environment work wasn't. (laughs) Oh man, I actually, like, I didn't hate their version of Future Sydney. I thought that was actually reasonably well done. Yeah, okay. I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that that's what Sydney might look like. I, I did think that the uh, particle effects and stuff were done well. You know, like while the environment stuff wasn't, when a building actually, you know, gets demolished and there's dust and rubble and stuff flying everywhere, I thought that stuff looked good. See, for me, that's another one. Like we've talked about this before the uh, visual effects where there is a, just no relation to the laws of physics. You yeah. don't feel the weight of these things or anything. This, for me, is very much in that category. Oh, okay. There's stuff falling down everywhere. But at no point do I feel like people running around on the ground are actually in any danger? Well, and this was the weird part, too. like you know people talk about the destruction in, say, Man of Steel or something, you know the the cost of damage there. This was ridiculous. That fight in Sydney, this isn't an evacuated city. There are people there, and there's one point where so the robots have this technology, I don't know, they like it's like a gravity suction type thing. yeah. So they suck up this pile of cars to throw at the enemy. There are probably people in those cars. Good bet. Like that, that, when that happened, I was like, "Oh, come on!" I, it was something I was during those scenes. It was something I was thinking of because I was pretty uninterested in the fight itself. I was like, "I don't care if the kaiju kills you all, really." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, "I was, I was just in my head trying to tally up how many people have died." Yeah. Probably thousands and it's thousands a lot. and thousands. I feel They're... like they would have been better off just letting the kaiju roam around for a while. Yeah. And it would have killed less people. <laughs> I also didn't understand this whole concept of needing two people to control the robots. It's one of the dumbest things about the first one. It makes. They try and explain it in the first one, but it is a ridiculous concept that makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't and make every sense. Every bit of story that has to do with the. What are they, Drifting? Is that oh, what, drifting they is drifting what they call it? Drifting? Drifting? Yeah. Is just. Stupid! I just don't understand. Like, how hard would it be to like? We should try drive my car together sometime. I'll I'll do the brake, you do the accelerator. Well, I've we'll... done that for a while up the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the passenger seat. I was just like, did the steering wheel for. A seat. I did not for any police officers listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's just ridiculous. Like, I was sitting there going, like, how hard would that would make it so much harder to control? Yeah, there's... does one person do one arm and the other do the other, or how does it even no, they, work? I think they, they they meld together so that they're both. Doing everything, and there's nothing in the first film or this one that makes it either make sense or seem in any way a good idea for (laughs) plot or the reality of the story. Yeah, it's so daft that when the supposed bad guy is saying, We've got these drone things that mean you don't have to do that anymore, I'm like, Why is anyone objecting to this? This is clearly a good idea. It makes sense, (laughs) it totally makes sense. (laughs) Everyone's like, no, you can't take us out of the field. <laughs> Linking together, which we've seen can go really pear-shaped. Yeah. But no, you can't do this <laughs> to us. If it honestly takes two people to do it... Why don't they have a third guy waiting in this pod, like, in case one of them passes out or something? Oh, because not everyone's compatible, Billy. (laughs) This is so dumb. You know, the other thing that really, really bugged me, it's like, okay, they're training new recruits. Sure, whatever, they're going to need new recruits. Are these new recruits the only pilots they have? In In the final act, when they go into the battle, why is it only Jake and Nate, the two kind of heroes, and then a bunch of recruits? What aren't there any other pilots who could actually like who have experience in the field? I do feel like they dropped the ball. <laughs> like, like it's like okay, and Jake come get- on, twelve-year-old and- kids, come on, it's certain death. Let's all go. And Jake gets roped into it. So they had and they've got like what half a dozen robots yeah and they had what like one full time pilot on staff yeah exactly that's just bad management (laughs) terrible management (laughs) and all of the robots were were they decommissioned or dead or something so they had to fix them up so we do get the best montage ever captured on cinema oh so I because I snuck this is this I was wondering what I missed. Because the first half of the film I was there sipping beers. There came a point where I had to duck out to the bathroom and I was like, let's see how long I can make this last. So you missed the montage. So that I don't have to watch some of this film. And I assumed that I was just missing um Old Mate acting weird, fitting them with his kaiju blood rocket fuel. Oh Charlie Charlie Day. Yeah. Oh no. No. Yeah, the scientist guy. Yes. Yeah, that's. I figured that's all I missed because when I came back in, they then took off like rockets. Oh, there was this amazing montage oh, sequence I can't where, believe I missed a montage where, where the, the little girl who made the scrapper robot, she was all you know helping them like remake these robots, and they're like, oh, it was incredible. Mm. <laughs> Sounds good. One thing that's um, I mean, it's a it's a criticism of this film, but it's criticism of a, a lot of current. Spectacle films when you've got these giant things fighting in a city, you don't feel the size of these things. Yeah, I don't think because the camera moves around in ways that an actual camera, you know, the camera. Yeah, (laughs) inverted commas here, moves around in ways that a physical camera can't do. So, unlike a great example of this being the T, the first T Rex attack in Jurassic Park. Yeah, where you look at the T Rex from. The level of the cars. Mm. And it's huge and frightening, and you get a sense of what this thing can do to you and how it's moving in relation to things that you are familiar with. I think part of the problem comes down to the entire design of it. You know, with Jurassic Park, you're looking at the T Rex from a human perspective. Whereas in this, any time there's a kaiju on screen, it's fighting a giant robot. So it's two giant things fighting each other. Yep. So you do lose that scale. It's, it's like if two ants were fighting, if you were close enough, it would look the same as two humans fighting, which would look the same as two giant robots yep. fighting. And like when, when the two Jaegers are fighting, yeah. they're in such a massive space yeah. that they could be human-sized robots yeah. and it would be the exact same fight. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's a completely fair criticism. Do you think it was a um, a direct nod to like the TV series of Power Rangers or something? The outfits that the pilots have to wear (laughs) because they are garbage. It's it's amazing how much of this seemed like Power Rangers inspired. Yeah, even at the end when the three kaiju's (laughs) like meld together to be one big kaiju, it's like, isn't that what the Power Rangers used to do? (laughs) I was thinking I was thinking Voltron myself, but yeah, because Voltron's. The greatest. Why can't someone make <laughs> Voltron them? Yeah. Oh, they did make a new series of Voltron, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. Yeah. Like, there was a bunch in this that, like, just looks cheap. Like the like the, the pilot yeah. outfits and stuff. And not in a cool, you know, Blade Runner, Star Wars, Dirty Future yeah, kind yeah, of run-down yeah. way. Just cheap. Yeah. The inside of the, the Jaegers, I thought, was so uninspired. Like, the design of the inside of that with the, you know, the heads-up display that they're interacting with and... Everything they did inside that looked so cheesy. Like when they had to kick together at the same time and and stuff like that. And the way they're kind of suspended by this rope. So I I don't know if it's meant to show that they're... Because I, I actually didn't even realize for the first time they were doing that that they were actually physically inside the robot. When we have that battle in Sydney... That comes straight after they're talking about the drones, so I thought, okay, this is them showing off the drones, and they're not actually there inside the robot. We've had plenty of bad things to say about this film, but I have some positives. Yeah, I have some positives too, so you kick us off. They might overlap. Okay, this film makes Pacific Rim look really good. (laughs) Is that the only positive (laughs) you've got written down? Um, I've got more. After the movie... I had a a beer by Kaiju Brewing. Yeah, I hear they're good beers. They're a brewery from Melbourne um, and they do really good beers. So I had a good Kaiju experience (laughs) last night. It just had nothing to do with the film. You know the newsreader that we see towards the beginning of the film when they're in Sydney? When they're in Sydney. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've filmed something with that newsreader before. Oh, there you go. So there's my <laughs> loose... Your little stamp on it. Yep. <laughs> your claim to fame. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll sort you out with an autograph afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Other good things about this movie. It's not very long. It's not very long. It's not very long, which is nice. It's less than two hours, which most movies, for some reason, are over two hours these days. I've got a few positives. I, I enjoyed John Boyega. I don't know if it was just his accent, but I enjoyed his accent. Boyega talking like Boyega. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is that his voice, or was that him doing it... his best Idris Elba impersonation? No, that's that's John Boyega. Okay, yeah, I dug that. It felt like Idris Elba's son, so I liked that part of it. Yeah, like Idris Elba's character from the first one, except apparently all his genes of charisma <laughs> didn't make it to his son. Yeah, but his accent passed through, and I liked that part. <laughs> uh... I kind of liked the idea that one of our heroes was a young teenage girl. I like what they were trying to do there, but I don't think it really landed. But you know, it's great that we have more female characters and good diverse cast. Good diverse cast? Yeah, that's great. Yep. So there's something positive. Let me let me there's good diversity in the cast, not that it's a good diverse <laughs> cast. <laughs> I don't know if she's from the first one or if this was just another really bad thing. Who was the woman that Nate and Jake were fighting over? No idea. She's barely in this movie. No idea. There's this weird kind of almost romantic triangle subplot, and yet this woman... I don't even know what her role is You feel like in the first the draft, of the script, maybe even in the first cut of the film... Yeah, she maybe. Had a, she had a role to play and, and it got cut, but then that being the case essentially go all the way and just cut her out of the film yeah, because she, she has serves virtually no purpose she serves no purpose yeah that that was so strange unless she was some integral part of the montage that i missed well no she's not <laughs> from yeah. memory she's not even in the montage so. yeah. all right let's talk the rest of the cast are you a charlie day fan Who's Charlie Day? So Charlie Day is uh, famous for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, I haven't seen Always Sunny. Okay. It seems like a show that I might well like. I think you'd probably like the show. He's a, he's a comedian, uh, but he played the bad guy. Yep. You know, our kind of guy who melds with the yeah. kaiju brain. and Yeah, okay, well he wasn't good. No, he was not good. He was really, really bad in this movie. He was second only to the good scientist who was terrible? Now were these two in the first one? I'm pretty sure they they both were in the first. Because I got the vibe that they were the way they were talking, seemed and they're, like they and were they're at this important round of the in the first one. Okay, yeah. Well, because they were important in this one, but it was just so bad. Like that scientist, like his acting was so bad. You know who he reminded me of? Have you seen there's something about Mary? A long time ago, he reminded me of Tucker, the guy who was pretending to be crippled to get Mary's attention. Yeah, right. That's what this guy reminded me of. It was so, so bad. Are we supposed to be suspicious of this character? Because that's the vibe I got for the first... Like, he's so weird that no, I was I like, think... is this guy up to something? Well, easier? I wasn't, but I knew him from... Oh, I And by knew him from the first one, I mean I barely remember him <laughs> yeah. being in the first one. Ron Perlman's re- and Idris Elba are the only people I really remember from the first Ron one. Ron Perlman's in the first one? Yeah. Because it's a Del Toro film, you have to get Tom Perlman <laughs> in there. Now let's talk about the final act of the film. We've had this discussion before about stakes in films, particularly in final acts, and particularly action movies. What were your thoughts on on you know the direction this film went in towards the end? Did I miss something with what was what was? ultra kaiju doing at mount fuji uh, so was he he, he was must he... have been in the bathroom for a long time <laughs> you missed <laughs> I, more than the montage my i friend. took my time <laughs> were you playing some angry birds in there <laughs> uh okay so what they explain is and all right i know i only saw this two days ago but I, my memory is very hazy <laughs> something to do with mount fuji being a great source of energy because it's a, a vul, an active volcano, and kaiju blood reacts with sources of energy, which is what our scientists found out. And that's how he... Remember he was talking about using kaiju blood yeah, for the thrusters? They were really ramming that point down your throat, yeah. actually. So what they're trying to claim is that if kaiju blood got into Mount Fuji... The, the energy. no just, other volcano, okay, Fuji. Yeah, just the one <laughs> near a city that is famous in cinema for having big monsters in it. The energy would be so strong that the world would explode, okay. effectively, okay. like the entire world. But how does that help the, the aliens that are attacking the Earth? Why would they want the Earth I, to I be think, exploded? I think like the the core of the world would stay, yep. but it would like destroy all life. All like it would basically just take the Earth back to. Just flat land, basically. So then the aliens can come and take it over. Who wants to inherit a world without wombats? <laughs> wombats are the most adorable creatures. What use <laughs> is planet Earth once you've killed the wombats? Did you know that wombats poo square? I did not know that. Yeah. That's a fun fact. The poos come out square so that they... Like dice? Yeah, yeah. So that they, like, stay, basically. So they don't roll. So that they don't, like, get everywhere. <laughs> They just aren't they the greatest? Oh, they're so great! Everyone loves a wombat. <laughs> My totem animal. <laughs> this conversation's gone really <laughs> off track. If you wanted to hear about Pacific Rim, I'm sorry, we're talking about spirit animals Anything today. But. <laughs> um, okay, so Mount so Fuji. The so the world's gonna the world's gonna end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I bet that's gonna happen then. Yeah, and, and also. It, like who cares? so many people have already died, oh, mate. Spoiler alert: the kaiju doesn't win. The ka- no, but this is the ridiculous thing about this. If they're worried about blood getting into Mount Fuji, why is their solution to practically demolish this monster while he is standing on the top of Mount Fuji? There is kaiju blood sprayed. Everywhere? Are you telling me some didn't get down into that hole? Yeah, that's a fair point. Is that I, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is what you're gonna do? You're gonna launch yourself into the atmosphere? Spoiler alert! And land on the monster at such high velocity and that, that he literally is bursts. So daft. Oh, mate. I mean, the whole movie is. But you talk about like, yeah, it's it's bad. Okay. This will shock you. My knowledge of active volcanoes not great but is it realistic to have a bunch of simmering magma at the lip of mount fuji i don't think there's magma cuz when there. i saw that i kind of i called bullshit on it yeah i yeah that sounds fair I, I again it will shock you i am also not currently a practicing geologist <laughs> <laughs> what's the difference between magma and lava again is it magma when it's under the earth's crust and lava I can't remember which is which. Well, magma's really hot. They're both warmish. <laughs> and lava, lava's more liquidy. They're both in a liquid state. They're both molten <laughs> rock. Write in, anyone who knows. Yeah, if you know the difference between a not and magma. I can't be bothered going to Wikipedia. <laughs> you know what? If you know the difference between a tortoise and a turtle, can you write in as well? Because I've been curious. I for know a while. that. What's the difference? Tortoises aren't aquatic, they have feet, turtles have flippers. You are so right. <laughs> I used to have pet tortoise. <laughs> yeah, they've got feet. Yeah. yeah. And look very much like E.T. They do look like E.T. Like, I actually do. I don't think I'm making this up. I think E.T. was based on a tortoise. Well, longer necks and skinnier heads. But I, yeah, I see, I see the E.T. connection. Mm. And there's a cool giant one in NeverEnding Story. Yeah. Yeah, there is. How good is NeverEnding Story? When was the last time you watched it? oh don't tell me don't ever watch it again oh really don't ever watch it again I had the same experience with Labyrinth I rewatched Labyrinth recently your memory of Neverending Story is better than the reality of it don't like still definitely show it to your daughter she'll love it yeah or if she doesn't but do I have to do I have to leave the room while she watches it so it doesn't spoil my memory yes oh that makes me sad I'm not with you on Labyrinth. I still like Labyrinth. Dude, Labyrinth is so bad. No way, man. Dude, rewatch Labyrinth. It's not good. It doesn't hold up. Great bulge. (laughs) Dance. Magic dance, my friend. (laughs) The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Voodoo. You (laughs) do. I mean the babe. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else we can talk about that's not Pacific Rim? (laughs) Oh no, we've lost Billy. Oh, I've gone too far. (laughs) We've lost Billy. Oh man. Right, so given how good this movie was, are you expecting that they will go, because I don't know if you know, did you know that this is the plan of a started franchise? I feared that that was the case. Yeah, so it's funny. Not the first one. They're literally talking about this one as being the start of a franchise. So I don't know if they mean like continuing John Boyega or the recruits or something. Right. They apparently already have plans for the third one. And because this is produced by Legendary, they're talking about crossing it over with the Monsterverse, King Kong and Godzilla. Right.
1: Okay. Do, you, do you
0: suspect we'll be seeing those? Well, that will, like any other question, that will be answered by the box office. Yeah. They're certainly looking outside of just the US for this film to make money. Oh, definitely. I think it will pretty easily make its money. How full was your cinema? You went to a kind of after work session. Yeah, I think there was uh, 15 to 20 people. Yeah, right. Because I was really shocked when I went I went to like a three o'clock session and it was basically sold out. Mm. Oh, I forgot. But I guess maybe I've got the after school. I forgot crime. my one other positive from this film. Oh, yeah? Timed out beautifully with the bus I was getting home. That's great. Don't you love when that happens? Walked outside. I told you you'd make it. Walked outside. <laughs> bus. And so then on, on the bus home, I was texting my mate who first got me to watch Pacific Rim. And <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I can't remember what I said to him but something along the lines of this is an absolute turd burger and he responded with I bet I love it and you know what that's the thing there is an audience for this movie you and I didn't like it but I have a friend who loved the first one and I bet that he'll love this one even more yeah. like good for you yeah that's fine if you like this movie that's, that's cool you I'd do ra- you man I'd rather have liked it I'm the guy like... who gave Justice League a 7 <laughs> so you um You've reflected on that, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, I feel really bad about that. <laughs> when my sister said to you, I beg your pardon, you gave the square the same score as Justice League. Well, because that was our first episode. We were young. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> yes, I take it back. <laughs> uh, so the speaking th- of ratings, th- yeah, I'm assuming that yours for this is very low because you hated the first one. And it seems like you hate this even more. Hated the first one is a strong word. I i did not enjoy the first but you one. were able to appreciate elements of it there are things this, about like the nothing. first one that are good yeah i didn't like the movie this is a bag of crap <laughs> are we gonna get our first one not quite because i've got to you know i've got to think okay well is it as bad as suicide squad <laughs> no <laughs> not a lot better okay it's not a lot better so what, what are we looking at here where speaking of justice league 2 out of 10 2 out of 10 There you go I'm actually not far off I'm going with a 3 Right I. So this is our lowest Collective score This is our lowest Collective score This is a 5 out of 20 <laughs> So A 1 out of 5 1 out of 5 But you know what I had fun today Talking about it with you Oh this has been the This has been the best thing About this so, movie So this made it All worth it Nah the kaiju beer Was the best thing about it <laughs> Uh what do you want to do next week? What are we looking at next week? Next week we're going full retro Spielberg, aren't we? That's right. Yeah, let's yeah, we'll hop into ready player one, which should be fun. I have really high expectations of that at the moment. I had very low expectations. Yeah, and now they're uh, middling. And then there was the positive reaction from South by Southwest. Yeah. So now I'm ho- I'm hopeful. Yeah. Uh also an announcement going forward, um what day will we be coming out, Toph? Thursdays. Thursdays, that's right. Not Mondays. Mondays has been fun. Going forward, we will be a Thursday show. So, obviously, today, hey, happy Monday. But, yep, from next week onwards, Thursday it is. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchathing.com or at wewatchathing at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at wewatchathing. Thanks for listening, everyone.